Thank you for tuning in to the Cinephiles Digest podcast. My name is Matt. This is Tom. And this is Travis. This is a big one, you guys. It, Stephen King's It, <clears throat> returns. It's finally here. This movie is huge. We're going to have an in-depth review later on in the show. We're also going to be talking about Good Time, uh, the latest film from the Softy Brothers. Uh, we've got some other stuff we've been watching. Uh, we've got a couple other things in store for you. What, episode 18? Episode, yeah, this is episode 18, right? I think so. Quickly approaching <laughs> our first, uh, well, second milestone, I guess. <laughs> 10 would have been the first one. <laughs> Coming up on 20. It's been a good year so far. Yeah, but, um, Notice that you guys missed me on uh, 17. Yeah, but you actually sure did, did listen to your first episode of the podcast, though, right? That's true. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't there, so... You know, like How was it? It's pretty good. Yeah? We should have Paris back on. It's nice to have, um, you know... Female, female presence. Female yeah. Perspective. Yeah, she Even also likes to party, so we'll yeah, she just gets fucked up on Rolling Rock again. <laughs> uh, the unofficial sponsor of Cinephiles Digest Returns. Oh, yeah. Some, uh, we got some Rolling Rocks here. Um... I'm running on about three hours of sleep, so I'm finishing my coffee first. Yeah, what happened last night? <clears throat> oh, well, I saw It with uh, Jessica and some of her friends, and uh, she split an Adderall with one of her friends around like 9 o'clock, so they wouldn't fall asleep, so they were awake, to say the least. Yeah. So uh, we were over at their place until like 3, didn't go to bed till like 4.30, Jessica woke me up at like 8. Night owl, man. It was so brutal. Caffeine just doesn't do the trick anymore. No. I'd go straight to Adderall. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy kids these days, man. With their Adderall and their, their promiscuous sex. <laughs> uh, they tricks up their sleep now. I know, it's crazy. <clears throat> they, use, they make finals look so easy. <laughs> They're all older than me, so I can't can call them the youth. But <laughs> uh, the point stands. Um, but you're, you're an old soul. I'm an old soul. I'm a 40-year-old in a 26-year-old body. Uh, feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I'll probably crash in a couple hours, but we should be good. Uh, Tom, tell us about your Paris trip. How was it? Oh, man. Paris was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I need to find out how to get unpasteurized cheese and butter here because it's just so much better. Yeah. I'm telling you there's something, something in the water over there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> bread, and wa- bread and butter was just so good and all the cheese was fantastic all the food was great um is bread and butter their bread and butter over there <laughs> no not really like, it's like, their bread and butter it's just anything baked <clears throat> just pastries and oh yeah croissants and did you carb load oh dude so <laughs> fat like on the plane the whole plane ride home I was like I should just not eat any of these meals I should just not eat for 36 hours and cleanse myself <laughs> Um, yeah, we spent like six days in Paris and a couple days in Champagne, which is more rural. Um, it's only like a 45 minute train ride. It was my first time in Europe. So like the train was super easy. I think anybody who's traveled in Europe would be like, yeah, that we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Saw the Mona Lisa, saw some other stuff, climbed the Eiffel Tower. Nice. How tall is that thing? It's not actually that tall, right? Uh, it's pretty tall in person. I think it's, I want to say it's a thousand meters. Oh, it's pretty tall. Is, is that it bigger so? than the space handle? Um, I think so. Oh, okay. Huh. Uh, I, I'll Google it, but, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, Paris is just crazy because everything's so old and every corner you go around, it's just like, oh shit, that's an old building. <laughs> How old do you think that statue is? Whoa. 
Was this one also for Napoleon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got to do the touristy things and then hang out. You were there two weeks? Uh, it was a 10-day trip. Oh, okay. So I think we had seven full days in, like, not in a plane. Nice. Yeah, my trip's coming up. I fly out to Chicago for Raya Fest this Thursday. Oh, um, yeah. It's going to be sweet. I can't wait. I'm excited. It'll be awesome. Uh, what's new with you, Travis? I went boating last weekend. Went oh, yeah. to the San Juan Islands. I went to Friday Harbor and Lopez Island. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun and relaxing. You just drink on the water the whole weekend, or what? Pretty much, yeah. Ate a lot and drank a lot, and yeah, sat back and relaxed. Did you guys play? Did you play chicken with any boats? No. Damn. There really, I mean, it was probably partly my fault, but there wasn't really much to do there. <laughs> like when you hear boating, it sounds very exciting. But we didn't do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never really been on a boat before. Like I've only been a couple times. So never been on a boat before. Well, a few times, but not a lot. Did so you have an inner tube for the back? No. We took his dinghy out a couple times. Well, Chelsea's dad. Tell us about Chelsea's dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke of the weekend. <laughs> um, I was wrong on the height. It's not a thousand <clears throat> meters. It's a thousand feet. Oh, so it's not that tall, then. Mm, still looks very tall. A thousand feet is, what, like... It's like 200 King Kongs. <laughs> <laughs> well, a story is what, like... The original King Kong? 15? 20 King Kongs. <laughs> a story is like 15 or so feet, right? 15, mm, 20? I don't know, but, our, you know, your phone will automatically track how much walking and how many oh, stairs yeah. you do in a day. And... Paris is a walking city, and we were doing a bunch of museums, and we were staying in a six-story like walk-up for our Airbnb. So the day that we did the Eiffel Tower, we walked ten miles and we climbed fifty-eight stories. God damn, Jesus! So dead. It was like three days in a row where I just got home and just massaged my feet. <laughs> <laughs> so Sweet. All right. Well, um, anything else uh, introduction-wise you guys want to mention? Mm, nothing in particular. All right. Well, I figure with uh, our featured review being it, that we would just <coughs> briefly talk about Stephen King adaptations in general, what we've seen, any particular uh, memories you have as a kid or otherwise with Stephen King's film adaptations. Um, I think I've seen more than you guys have. I have a list here. I think I've seen like 13 or 14. Tom, you've only seen, what do you say, like five or six? Or? Mm, yeah, let's see, one, two. I saw Misery once upon a time, but I don't remember it. Mm. It's great. Yeah, I mean, most of the Stephen King movies I've seen are some of the not so great ones, mm. but I do have fond memories of a lot of them. Like, have you guys ever seen or heard of The Mangler? No. No. So it's a movie about like an industrial laundry facility that is haunted and like comes alive and like eats people. So people get like sucked into like get crushed by rollers and eaten by like laundry machines. Final and destination. It, well, not not exactly. Laundry themed. <laughs> yeah, laundry themed version of Final Destination, the precursor. Um, I think it might actually be directed by Toby Hooper. R.I.P. We uh, just recently lost him. Let me check real quick. Uh, the Mangler. Yeah, Toby Hooper directed it. And he did the screenplay, too. 
Uh, yeah, that movie is terrible, but I had a good time watching it. It's one of those like so bad good movies. So. I feel like Children of the Corn was terrible. Uh, I didn't see it when I was younger, but I actually maybe like two or three years ago I watched it. Yeah. Um, it's not great. <clears throat> Did we watch it together? I don't think so. No, I watched it with Paige. Well, I watched it a couple years ago too, and it, it was so bad. I enjoyed it. I thought. I mean, it's not a good movie, but it was pretty fun. Like uh, uh, what's the oh Malachi, the ginger creepy ginger kid. Uh, yeah. Show yourself, Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the creepy, like tiny, like kind of sickly-looking kid who runs the whole thing. I thought he was cool. Mm. Um, yeah, that's another one that is nostalgia-based for a lot of people, I think. But um, yeah, Dreamcatcher. Have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. That's a piece that of shit. It was great. When oh it came really? Out. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. That, it's that terrible. Sucks. I think 1408 is garbage. 1408 is garbage. That's another yeah. one on my list. Um, I loved Secret Window. <clears throat> the Johnny Depp one? Yes. I haven't seen that I since the it. theater, which was really? a long uh, time ago. Are you kidding? Uh-uh. You stole my story. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole plot. Uh, Favorite Stephen King movie? Golly, The Shining. Yeah, oh, same yeah. here. Yeah. The Shining for sure. Um, hey, Green Mile is quality. I do like the Green Mile. I don't know if it's one of my favorites. Misery is probably quality. Misery's great. Shawshank Redemption. Come on. I love Shawshank. <laughs> Let's stuff. not bring that back up. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I'm right. Let's just move on. The uh, reveal. Yes. The big reveal. Let's get into it. That is a fucking reveal. I don't care what you guys say. Um, Stand by Me is also definitely huge. Like I yes. love Stand by Me. Um, what about the Running Man? Have you guys seen that? I haven't, but I really want to watch I that. I love that movie. I think I caught some of it when I was on TV one time because I was huge. I thought you had fan. said that you watched it recently. I thought we had talked Run about Man? it, like maybe before we started doing the podcast. But I thought no, you would remember if you had seen Running Man. Because it's crazy. Well, I remember seeing him run. I think it's still on Netflix. <laughs> it's not, because I was going to try and watch oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, that movie is cool. Um, I do like The Mist a lot. I love the ending the of The ending Mist. is ridiculous. Yeah. I, uh, the actual movie itself, it's good. I have some issues with it. I, I would be down yeah. to watch it again, because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, another huge one is Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. Yes, Carrie. Carrie's awesome. That's another one that's ripe for revisiting. Um Great Halloween costume. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> the last one that I'll mention is one that's very much rooted in nostalgia, but it scared the shit out of me when I was younger because I used to be deathly afraid of dogs. Oh, cool. Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah. Joe. I wonder I which one. So it is. What I was scared to death by that movie. What is Cujo all about? I see a pretty scary dog on the cover. Yeah, he's a St. Bernard. He's a uh, Satan. Aren't scary. So that's kind of what makes the movie cool because it takes this like really lovable, fluffy, oh, big breed. Saint Bernard Cujo was bitten by a bat. Mm-hmm. He starts behaving. Trust me, he, he is scary because those dogs are huge. Like if one of those things like frothing at the mouth came at you, like you would be scared. Mm-hmm. Have neither of you seen Cujo? Mm-hmm. It's I don't know if it holds up. I haven't seen it since I was maybe in middle school, but. Ooh, some of these clips look terrifying. It's yeah, it's pretty tense. There's uh, the mom and the kid. They get locked in a in a car for. It's kind of like the showpiece of the film, and they spend a good amount of time just locked in there, being attacked mm-hmm. by the dog. I feel like people have named their dogs Cujo, and I was not in on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Cujo, Beethoven, take your pick. Um, I think that's that's all for me. Uh, I have not seen... I don't think I've seen Misery. Uh, I don't know if I have seen... Um, 
What's the other heavy hitter? There's another one. Do you have any other ones on your Christine? list? Yeah, Christine is definitely... That's on the top of my list because it's John Carpenter. I haven't seen it. We should try to f- track that down. <clears throat> if you get it from the library or something, we should we should watch it. What's Christine? That's the one with the... the killer car. The killer car. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, uh, John Carpenter directed it. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to see that one. But There's been some good uh, Stephen King Did you guys see the Carrie remake? I've heard it's awful, but I would be curious to check it out. I still. would watch it. I love Julianne Moore and... Uh, Grace Moran. Yeah. Didn't someone notable direct that thing? I think so. It was a um, Kimberly Pierce. She did Boys Don't Cry and Stop Loss. Uh, okay. Well, uh, not to play my hand, but uh, if we were ranking Stephen King movies, oh, shit. I think it would be pretty high up there for me. I think The Dark Tower would be up there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, how could we forget The Dark Tower? <laughs> Uh, I don't think the new It would crack like a top five Stephen King list for me, but maybe sure. like a top ten. It would be it's fringe top five for me. I would, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say there's right at least there. six uh, ahead of it easily. <laughs> well, uh, we're already getting into it. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we just dive into our review? I'd like to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, we have a <clears> clip. Let's take a listen. Georgie. What a nice pony. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Now we aren't strangers, are we? I should get going now. Oh. Without your bow? Here. Take it. Okay, it is the, the latest film from Andy Muschietti, or however you pronounce it. Uh, he directed Mama with Jessica Chastain. Uh, film stars Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. We got Jaden Lieberher, uh, who you would know from Midnight Special and The Book of Henry. We got Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things fame, uh, and some other uh, ch- child actors. Um, plot synopsis on this reads: A group of bullied kids band together when a monster taking the appearance of a clown begins hunting children. What did you guys think of it? You go first, Travis. Um, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think it was that scary, but I'm also one of those people who don't get that scared watching movies. A lot of people going into this was saying it was one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. And I know people have a thing about clowns and being deathly afraid of them, but I don't really understand all that. <laughs> yeah, I think it also just depends on your fears because it manifests itself in different ways throughout the movie. So there's one scene in particular that I'll bring up when we get into spoilers because there, are, like, this movie just jumps from like scare sequence to scare mm-hmm. sequence. There's so many like really cool yeah. inventive things in this movie. Yeah, I was pretty scared, but also there were a couple of moments that were not super scary for me or like stretches but that's kind of always going to be a byproduct when you see that much of the monster mm-hmm. and of the clown and everything uh 
I don't know. It's kind of like when you have a comedy where not every joke lands, but the vast majority of them do. It's just, that's kind of how it's going to be. I was impressed that they were able to keep me that scared the entire movie. Like you said, there's some pretty inventive stuff in it where I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, that's kind of what makes it so cool because like all these like haunted house movies, serial killer movies, mm -hmm. they all follow kind of the same basic formula. And it, it's kind of hard to come up with imaginative... Like, you can come up with clever ways to scare people, and you can build a scene, you know, expertly and make it scary, but just the concept of this movie in that it can manifest, manifest itself in so many different ways mm -hmm. keeps you on your feet because you really never know what's going to happen. Yeah, know? they're like through lines that give you some consistency, mm -hmm. but... Um but you can still be taken by surprise. And I was multiple times. Man, so all of the kids all have their individual experiences with with Pennywise mm -hmm. um, or some manifestation of Pennywise. And God, when you just see some kid where they're alone and they go through something pretty scary and then it just jumps to the next kid, oh God, you're just like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> Three times in a row. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty relentless like the pacing in this movie it's a long movie but it never really lets up like i don't know if i've seen a horror movie that i can think of anyway that is so relentless with the with the scares and the pacing because mm -hmm. it just keeps chugging along like there really weren't too many lulls for me yeah i thought it was a little long like the ending could have been wrapped up i think a little bit sooner and I feel like they could have probably cut out a scene or two and not really lost much. They could have, but I really didn't feel the length. I was expecting to, but by the time it was over... So we're going to be talking about Good Time later on. <laughs> that movie is like a full half hour shorter. It felt longer to me than Good Whoa. Time. Whoa. Like, this movie flew by for me, probably because I was just so... We'll get into up. it, but uh, Good Time was... A thrill ride. A roller coaster, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the length really wasn't an issue for me. I, I yeah. kind of thought it would be. But. I mean, you could make... I, I think your argument is fair. Yeah. Like, there are a couple yeah. of kids that don't really have great storylines. Especially the... I like the, the germaphobe kid, mm -hmm. but the one... Um, he, I don't even know his the thing name. at the, the end. The Jewish kid. The one who has the bar Oh yeah, the one they have to show a scene of him studying the Torah. Yeah, that kid. He was the lamest. He was kid. probably the least interesting. They barely touched on him. Yeah, too. he, he just wasn't very. He, he wasn't a funny kid. He didn't have any funny. He was no personality. Bits. Yeah, he was kind of like, like the super, the, super yeah, straight kid. the lame one of the crew. Yeah, the chicken shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like how they had all different personalities, though. I mean, they were all like stereotypes to an extent, but it felt very Stranger Things. And yeah, I'm okay with that because I loved Stranger Things. Um, I mean, they even have the same kid in it. Of course, he's not playing the straight-laced leader this time. He's playing, like, this super smart-ass kid. But he was great in that. He was really funny. This movie was, was so pretty funny. funny. Like, I was cracking yeah. up a couple Yeah, it was... I mean, yeah, the humor did work um, really well. Um, I feel like some of the jokes got a little repetitive, but they were still funny. Like, yeah. a lot of dick jokes and mom mm -hmm. jokes, which are always great. Though, but, but, like, for the age yeah. of 13-year-olds. They were pretty good dick and mom jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and it wasn't just the writing. Like, there were a couple really funny moments. Um, so these aren't spoilers, but one of the characters, uh, Ben, he likes the new kids on the block, and there's a couple references <laughs> to that. But that moment where they close the door in the bedroom and it, like, zooms in yeah. on the picture and plays the like, song. Oh, fuck. That gosh. was really funny. Or the rock fight, the music that's playing during the yeah. rock fight. That was, that was cool, know? yeah. Stuff like that, I thought. It, it gave the movie a lot of heart, you know? It really did. And... Back to the relentlessness idea, there were so many moments where you have like this happy, touching moment or a funny moment that just so quickly turns dark. Like the music mm-hmm. will actually like the air will just go out of totally. whatever note is hanging at the end, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was necessarily a problem, but the tone was kind of all over the place as far as like you thought so. Yeah, because it would get, like, light and funny, but then get scary, and then get super dark at times. Like, I wasn't expecting some of the stuff with, I'll just say, like, a couple parents in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. I, I liked that the movie... It didn't feel uh, jarring to me. Like, it felt pretty cohesive. I do see where you're coming from, though, because there's these, like... there. We've already said it, it jumps from, like, scare sequence to scare sequence a lot. But there's also quite a few moments of just, like, the kids hanging out. Or there's kind of, like, a, a love triangle in the movie. I thought there were some good moments with that. So it, it, uh, the, it it's a long movie, but I feel like it's, it's patient when it comes to developing the characters. Like, by the end of it, like, mm. everyone has a very distinct personality. You can sympathize with everybody. I, yeah. I thought the movie did a really good job of that. And... Probably coming off as negative, but um, along with what we've been talking about, uh, it did feel a little choppy in a sense because it would literally go from set piece to kids hanging out to set piece to kids hanging out to set piece to kids hanging out. I mean, it it worked, but it did feel a little choppy at times. Mm. I don't know. I thought that was kind of that's what I wanted from it. Basically, I wanted to go do scary stuff and then get a little bit of a breather and a little bit of. Come back up for air. You know? Uh, Yeah. I guess that's probably why, if it was a little bit shorter, I may not feel that way. But, you know, it just, the same beat over and over for two hours and 15 minutes, it just got a little repetitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's also repetitive in the sense, and this is one of the, the things that brought the movie down a little bit for me, is that it's definitely dealing in horror cliches as far as something happens that the character clearly should not... Some noise. <laughs> Sorry. Is that your coffee <laughs> maker? What the hell is that? Uh, yeah, that's our espresso machine. Don't, Don't worry, it's just self-cleaning. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? You were talking Kid. about no. <laughs> noises. <laughs> oh, oh, well, so... Um, yeah, they'll, they'll see they'll see the red balloon and then the yes. kid will, will go wander. Those are the through lines I'm talking about, where you have like indications that it's the same kind of same sort of evil presence. Well, and they break yeah. their own like suggestions too, because they 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 realize that if they stick together, they can kind of band together mm. and team up on it. But they still, even when they decide to do that, one kid will wander off, and then he gets mad at them yeah. for abandoning. Well, that's part of the uh, that's like, part of the like the seductive lure of uh, Pennywise, right? His magic. Yeah, yeah true. Just early right on, in. I can buy that early on because he was they, he was trying to separate them when they were in that house. Yeah, yeah, he was, but they had already had a discussion about not doing that. Yeah, and they do that, you know, and it's just like 
they should know better. I don't know. They, like, they were this, in the moment, Matt. It was... <laughs> uh, it gets into some predictable moments, basically. Yeah, toward, yeah. Especially toward the end. You know, things get a little less scary, which is kind of a bummer because it's like the climax, but it's also exactly what I anticipated. Oh, totally. The, the, the climax was probably my least favorite part of the movie, I would yeah. say. Or at least the, 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 the part... In the sewers, I'll say. We, we can get into specifics, because I want to talk about moments, but I don't want to spoil them, because there's some yeah. really cool stuff in here. But they go into the sewers, and the moment where they confront it, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but what I thought was really creepy was, um, you know, the recurring, like, kids whispering and the voices and oh, the shit. we all float down here oh my like god. that repetition like that line too. is so good yeah. <laughs> oh my god again Charles just thinking about yeah it was it was so good um performances were pretty good uh especially i don't know the actress's name but the one who mm -hmm. plays beverly yeah she was I awesome really the redhead her. Yeah, yeah she Molly was Ringwald. yeah that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh she was great i loved her um and I like, uh, uh, what's his name? Jaden. Yeah, nice Jaden Lieberher. Kid. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. He's cool. Um, Finn Wolfhard was hilarious. Did you guys, was were Jayden you guys okay with the uh, stutter? The constant stutter? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a great stutter, but I mean, you could tell that he was. Yeah, acting, I mean. You know, it didn't actually seem. I know there's different levels of stuttering, and some people are worse at it, but his was extreme yeah. <laughs> very extreme and it did kind of play into the movie towards the end like there was somewhat of a payoff mm -hmm. um, with that but i don't know i maybe could have done out with or done without that like part of his character yeah that's fair um do you guys know so carrie uh, fukunaga was the original director and he dropped out of the project because of creative differences mm. he still has a screenplay credit but there's two other people with screenplay credits do you guys have any idea if this is the original screenplay or if the other two guys like did rewrites after carrie dropped out i have no idea i wasn't really following this movie up until maybe like a week or two before it came out really yeah like i wasn't even i mean i was excited for it but it wasn't at the top of my list or anything uh, I didn't see, like, the first images when they released on the internet. Like, I tried to stay away from most of it, but the trailers yeah. I watched and loved. Yeah, this, some of the longer trailers, as the movie got closer, I was annoyed with because I saw so much Pennywise. Yeah. It's like, I'm already yeah. a little bit not scared, you know? Uh, one thing, so... Trailers you, suck these days. Yeah, <laughs> <they're>, so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy the Good shit. Time trailer, when you watch that you in retrospect, it's... <laughs> yeah. There's some huge spoilers in the trailer. I'm just like, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, God, I lost my train of thought again. It had something to do with the director. I think. Oh, those three hours. The scripts. Oh, fuck it. The three writers and the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't give a shit about that anymore. <laughs> um, it's less scary. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, well, I guess that doesn't answer the question. But um, should we do some spoilers? Yeah, well, you guys, just, let's get into some specifics. I want to talk about some scenes. Um, so if you have not seen... Oh, I know what I was going to talk about real quick. Uh, I had predicted that this movie was going to make $100 million this weekend. Oh. And uh, projections had it at about $60 million, mm -hmm. which is still pretty high. But it brought in almost $14 million from Thursday screenings alone. Wow. We talking domestic? Domestic. 
This movie is huge. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be. Like, yeah. Everyone is talking about this movie. Yeah. And I was going to ask... Everyone's talking about this. Yeah. What do you guys think it is? Do you think it's like Stephen King resurgence? Do you think it's nostalgia for the TV movie? Do you think I it's... Definitely, it just looks good? Yeah, I definitely think there's nostalgia. But then I also think there's certain horror movies that come out. And for some reason, people are just excited. And that's the one that everyone goes and sees. Well, because okay, I think there are a few things working here. One is that it's a horror movie, but people know Pennywise. They know the original It. And it feels like a horror movie that kind of anybody can go to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's pretty scary for young kids, for sure. But, uh, like, people who don't typically enjoy horror films, especially if they saw the original It when they were a kid, they're like, oh, I can do that, you know? Uh, Or that'll be fun to do. Yeah. Whereas other people just completely... Or they might otherwise just completely avoid the horror genre. And then there's the nostalgia thing. And then there were all the clowns last year. And then (laughs) there was Stranger Things, which was super popular. And this, like, really projects the Stranger Things vibe even through the trailer. Mm -hmm. So I think people have lots of reasons that they would go to see this movie. Well, and some people just like to go and get scared. Like, it's almost like a haunted house during Halloween. You know, people just go for the experience. And I think that plays into it. But, like... If you think about it, hardcore movie fans are going to go see this. Hardcore horror fans are going to go see this, and then a bunch of casual fans are going to go see it as well. So, and even people who don't want to see it are going to get dragged to go see it. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. just like everyone's going to come out and see this. Um, yeah, it's it's huge right now, and I think it's it lived up to the hype for me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, let's get into some spoilers. So if you are one of the people who have not seen it on opening weekend, uh, loser. <laughs> uh, but if not, come back to this later. Spoilers for it start now. Um, let's each of us pick out the scene that scared us the most in this movie. And I can go first. Uh, there were only a couple scenes that like legitimately scared me. I was definitely unsettled basically the whole way through. Mm-hmm. But the one that got me the most was when they were in the garage watching the, the with the projector and then mm. flipping through oh, the slides. Oh, that was good, yeah. And it started flipping really fast. And then he fucking comes out of the screen and mm-hmm. he's huge and it, it like flashes to black and he's like crawling around in the garage and the music is just pounding. Like mm-hmm. I was freaking out. Like I was squeezing my girlfriend's hand so hard. I was like, ah, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> that is the one that made me squirm the most. And then there's one other jump scare. Um, it's in the bathroom scene when uh, Beverly yeah. kills her dad and she turns and he's yeah. just like at, in the doorway. Oh, yeah. That made me jump pretty bad. But that's kind of a cheap jump scare, but it was a good one. Yeah, the friend I went with jumped. That was the only time she jumped during that movie. Or, yeah, and I was just like, that was, that was scary. But, uh, well, what about you guys? Scary? I don't know. I don't really have like a one that stands out to me, but or maybe your favorite moment. We didn't talk about my favorite moment was the opening sequence. I thought that was that awesome. was up there for me. For um, sure. And then even like the 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 title sequence with going through that tunnel and the oh, camera yeah. like doing like a three sixty cool. type thing that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I thought the opening scene just really set the movie, and that's when we really get to get to know Pennywise and he has like this huge dialogue sequence mm-hmm. with the little kid and I don't know if more of that would have hurt the movie but I almost wish there was more of him talking to you know kids one on one like that because mm-hmm. that was like my favorite part I do like 
that that was how they started the scene. Like, that's your introduction yeah. to Pennywise. It, it's a pretty long sequence of him just talking to the kid. Yeah. And uh, Bill Skarsgård is yeah, we incredible. Didn't, I realized we just didn't talk about Pennywise that much at all before the spoilers, but he was awesome. Yeah, his God. So Every, he would, Yeah, everything about just Pennywise. The drool. The drool, especially yeah. in that first scene. Fuck. But what really would get so me disgusting. would be when he, he'd be smiling or laughing, and then all of a sudden his face would just mm. get like super serious. And it's almost he looks hungry, you know? Like his face yeah. is just slack and his eyes are oh man, give me the chills every time. I'm sure there were some sort of like special effects along with his face. His eyes for sure. Yeah. But I don't know how much of it was a performance, but I thought the character of Pennywise was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. And that whole scene, the opening scene, and then the way it ends with that top-down shot where you're looking at the kid in the street and like all the rain is coming down mm-hmm. and you just see the arm extend. Oh, yeah. God, that got me. I, that was really good. I, my jaw dropped. I was like... I, I thought that this was going to be a movie where no one got, like, seriously hurt, ever. And then he just his arm bit off. off. And I was like, oh, fuck, what a way to kick this off. I'm so excited because, yeah. like, kids sometimes die in this movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a really good well, scene. Well, and the, the effects of him was really good as well. Like, all the shape-shifting and, like, contorting. and the other My other favorite scene was when he was in, like, the cabinet, stuffed in the cabinet, and then oh, he, like, comes yeah. out and his body's, like, twisting and the yeah. bones going back into place that was really good so that reminds me i had a really annoying crowd oh yeah oh did yeah you we, guys slightly i mean it didn't ruin the movie but i did it toward the beginning there was a group of like drunk or stone teenagers yeah. behind us being obnoxious but they sobered up or got quiet i don't know but it was okay god this guy next to me didn't stop talking to his girlfriend the entire movie mm-hmm. and he also uh I think he was drunk, and toward the end, he might have been getting drunker because he started to yell shit like "run" at the screen, and I was like, "Fuck!" And there was a guy right behind me who was laughing way too loud at every joke, and they like became best friends during this movie. Like the one guy would yell something stupid, and the other guy would laugh so hard at it. And that scene where he comes out of the cabinet, I was like, on the one hand, I was like, "Oh shit, this is weird," but on the other hand, the whole crowd was like, "Oh yeah." Oh, do it. <laughs> oh, my God. They clapped at a, at a scene, like, mid-movie, the whole crowd. Do you remember which one? Uh, it was some scene. Oh, I bet you it's, I know what it was. Awesome. Was it when they were in the house for the first time and Beverly shoves the yes. thing through his face? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fucking idiot. <laughs> oh yeah. So annoyed. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. And it was just the whole movie. So constant. Well, it's a bummer. But um, the other thing that really creeped me out the whole movie was that painting lady that the one kid that we talked oh, about oh with like the warp with the warped face. face I did not like that lady I didn't either I didn't think the special effects on that were great though well she was supposed to look kind of like a painting yeah, well, yeah yeah I guess that's true but uh, yeah when she comes back I was like oh shit it's that lady like, <laughs> they overused that one thing where like somebody's kind of like shaking and coming at you really fast I didn't like that so they do the thing where like Pennywise like runs at the camera and it's almost like his head remains in place but like everything else is like kind of vibrating around yeah i thought that looked kind of corny they did that two or three times it was scary the first time for me but after that i was like okay i know how this scene's gonna end he's gonna come charging at him and then it's adorable slam shut uh another scene that i thought was really clever was uh uh the kid who's like friends with the bullies they introduce 
uh, earlier on mm-hmm. in the movie, the, the aerosol can with the mm-hmm. lighter. So then he goes into the sewers to find the kids, and he's, like, blasting the, the flames to see. And then he, you know, he's using that to see where he's going, and then he does that, and then like, the zombies or whatever, and they charge him, and then Pennywise rushes him in the sewer. That yeah. was a cool scene. I like yeah. that a lot. I'm not clever. in that. I think uh, some of the horror was really effective because things would happen in the daytime and in public yeah, spaces. Yeah, totally. So the one kid, Ben, the new kid, he has that scene in the library where he, had, where he follows the, like, eggs downstairs. And I was just like, are you fucking Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, I was pretty freaked out during that scene where he's running between the bookshelves. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, there was one really cool like uh, camera moment that I thought was neat. So they're in the room with the painting, and the kid fixes the painting, but the camera it's from the perspective of the painting, so the mm. camera is like off center. Yeah, and then he reaches up to like move the to fix the picture, and then the ca- the camera just tilts. I thought that was kind of neat. I don't know if I've seen that used before. Yeah, they did lots of things throughout this entire movie to just sort of mess with your perspective a little bit or take you by surprise, like with the, uh, the poster on the back of the door or the <laughs> random rock fight, you know. I, I loved just how on my toes I was throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and kind of going back to something Travis said earlier about how he was taken, he was surprised by um, like the adults in the movie because there's, you know, the the... the the adults in this movie are hardly present. So when they are, it ranges from abusive to neglect to just obsessive. Like every adult in this, like there's no one they can trust. You there's know? no comforting adult. And I kind of, I kind of like that yeah. aspect of the film. Yeah, you know? I loved it. Because I mean, I don't know how oh, you yeah, guys the were. Crazy when... mom, the germ, germaphobe yeah, mom. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was good. Well, I mean, it just contributed to the idea that Pennywise is sort of a manifestation of fear or that's what he feeds off of and he exploits people's fears but even though they can occasionally convince themselves okay this isn't real they have to go back to their real life where things are real like the bullies do actually cut you and speaking um, of bullying so many bullies in this movie I know and they were like everyone's a bully control <laughs> Pennywise like, is a bully <laughs> the fat kid kept getting his gut cut open yeah. like five different times like, <laughs> Jesus, that poor guy. I know. <laughs> so he was just totally. Yeah, fine. he just played he off. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Um, what did you guys think of the like the love triangle stuff between uh, Ben, Billy, and, and Beverly? Um, pretty pretty funny at times. A little bit unnecessary yeah. at others. I thought it was cool how they introduced like a chubby kid because you don't ever see that in a movie, really. Mm-hmm. You know, who's like. I don't know, you just don't see a lot of fat kids in movies. Or they're like the token, like, funny fat yeah. kid. You know, yeah. Like, it's like the sand law. But you could... It was like the brainy and also kind of romantic. Yeah, you uh-huh. could you could kind of relate to him and feel sorry for him a bit. But, yeah, I mean, it kind of went the uh, normal route that uh, things go. <laughs> like that. Uh, Some of the most unsettling stuff in the movie, too, was Beverly mm-hmm. and her dad. Yeah. Like, there were some really creepy scenes especially the first one where he like runs his hand through her hair and he's like are you still my girl or something like that it's like oh god yeah that shit was unsettling (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we should talk about that scene in the bathroom because that was a good one too the hair scene so good it it looked really cool i mean the yeah the bathroom like covered in blood yeah and that's when you realize that the adults are not necessarily seeing the same thing yeah he comes in yeah that was cool that was a cool moment but i did think it was kind of weird how they like cleaned up the mess but that was in like the like alternate 
reality or like the fictionized fictionalized Pennywise world. You know what I mean? Because like, they yeah. they nece- they pretty much cleaned up a room that wasn't necessarily messy in the well, in the real. You know, according to the parents. Yeah, it kind of. But it's real for the kids. Yeah, it's like bl- it's blending what's real and what's not. Yeah. So yeah, all that stuff was good. I fucking love this movie. I thought it was great. Um, there was one other thing I was going to mention. Um, oh, uh, so have either of you read the book? No. No. So I haven't read it, but one pretty significant difference from the book is, you know how at the end they take that blood oath that they were going to come back? Mm-hmm. Like to seal their bond and then come back if it returns? In the book, uh, when they're still in the sewers to like form, you know, form their bond or whatever... They run train on Beverly. Like, they basically gang rape her in the sewer. Oh, what? yeah. That's I how they like, about this. Yeah. It's, I, it's the, not, it's not, I don't, I haven't read the book. I don't think, it's, I don't think they rape her, but it's definitely supposed to be a, like a very hard scene to read, I guess. I don't know if it's consensual or what, what? but they all basically run train on her and that's how they like seal that doesn't feel like fitting after watching the movie no that would have been way out of place so I like that they they didn't they choose to to cut that out and go with that I mean the blood oath thing was kind of corny I wonder what the reasoning behind that was like what was the significance oh like in the book why did that happen I'm not sure I don't have the context I just because that I mean I can't find a situation that would be suitable for Also, I someone was telling me they're like, well, I basically, you know, I've seen the movie and I've read the book, so I basically know how it goes. And I was like, I mean, I wanted to talk to them about the movie, so I was like, what do you mean? He's you know? like, oh, you know how Pennywise is like a giant spider, and I was. Like, what? <laughs> so I basically gave it away for him that there's no spider in this movie. Well, no, I think that happens when they're adults. Oh. Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Because okay. chapter 2 is when they're like 40, 27 years later. Oh. Yeah. They come back to Derry. So I knew nothing about this. Like, um, Brandon, it's not really a spoiler, but he was the one who told me that, like, the second part is them as adults. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know that. Well, the like, TV movie, they blended it together. So it was like uh, the kid parts were the adults like reminiscing about uh, their trauma, okay. you know? So it intercut both stories in the TV movie. I like that they chose to, to split it in this one. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the part two, I wonder how they're going to do that. Because it's inevitable that there's going to be a sequel. Do you think they're going to wait 27 years? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can cast all the same people. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the movie will f- feel very different because this one is like rooted in childhood and it has like all the, you know, growing up and all that. And the other one will be adult, so it probably won't be as funny. In I think the adult, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I think the adult stuff is more, uh, it's less like uh horror focus in the sense of like the scares and it and it's more about just like their personal trauma and fucked up things that have happened to them since their inner demons yeah yeah and obviously it's still a thing but um, I think it focuses more on on that aspect of like their psyche yeah because the movie is more scary if you try and put yourself in the kid's shoes I was trying to do that throughout the movie, but... <laughs> I am so glad there was no spider in it. I would have shit myself. <laughs> I'm so glad that one of the kids wasn't scared of spiders, and that was, like, how it manifested itself, because... Get me the fuck out of there. Overdone. 
yeah, perhaps. All right, anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh, move on to our next review? I don't think so, but no. I love this movie. Me too. It was Here's very good. Some star ratings. Sure. It's gonna be four and a half out of five for me. Me too. Four. Tight. Everyone goes <laughs> so negative. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's move on to our next review. Uh, we are going to be discussing Good Time. Uh, we have another clip. Let's listen. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. I don't know exactly what. He's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. Love. Oh my God, that's awful. Make me clean. Just got to get him out of there before something bad happens. He could get killed in there. The Another ten grand. You get another ten grand, your brother will get out. The truth is an act of love. I think something very important is happening, and it's deeply connected to my purpose. All right. So, Good Time is the film from the Softy Brothers, Benny and Josh Softy. Uh, young, young filmmakers. Uh, they have one other movie under their belt, I think. Uh, Travis, you saw they have it, right? A What's couple. it called again? Um, heaven knows what. Okay, then they have a really smaller indie movie called Daddy Long Legs, but I haven't seen that. Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't um, like Heaven Knows What that much. It yeah, was okay, but it was like, it was similar to this, but not nearly as like fun or exciting and mm-hmm. very like this one's raw, but that one's even more raw and just goes into like some dark, dark places because it's about like a, a drug addict. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, movie stars Robert Pattinson, uh, Benny Softie, Talia Webster. Plot synopsis reads, a bank robber finds himself unable to evade his pursuers. And that is it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right to the point. First, and the movie's over. <laughs> first order of business, uh, this is not a heist movie, you dick. Yes, it is. They, he robs a bank. Yeah, but there's multiple things where he's... Like, he's robbing things. Robberies and heists <laughs> like, are not the same thing. Why not? I don't... Because a heist is, like, a more elaborate And there's going to be all the planning ahead, you know... They just rob a bank. We didn't together. see the planning, but I'm sure there was a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't... Yeah, but even then, all they do is... It's just... It's, so would you consider robbing a liquor store a heist? To an extent, yeah. It's just a robbery. They didn't, like, get into the I feel like right, heist you know? is just, like, a, a fancy, more grand word of a robbery. But, okay, even if we do give you that that was a heist, that is just the event that kicks off the events of the rest of the movie. It's more like a, it's one of those, like, Odyssey, but bad, worst night ever type It's of not a traditional heist, but they're... The hospital scene is kind of like a heist. Um, them going to the amusement so park is kind of like a heist. Mm, that's a stretch for sure. It's a stretch, but it's not con- a conventional heist movie where there's multiple bank robberies, but there is a bank robbery. And then there's a lot of theft in the movie, which I relate to heist. I, I, don't, I don't know. I like... Let's just say uh, there's going to be an asterisk next to that one. <laughs> and the cinephiles died. No in the way. Book. No um, way. But, okay, well, let's get into it. Um, I'll, I'll start it off. Um, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Uh, it, it, I like the first half a lot more than the second half. This movie yeah. has some pacing issues for me. Yeah. Um, 
Disagree. I, I, <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about spoilers. We're going to want to do that. But the first half of the movie kind of is more focused on the relationship between the brothers. The second half is uh, something happens, uh, and then he spends the rest of the movie with another guy. Uh, enjoy the first half a lot more. Uh, the actor who plays the guy in the second half. Um, Buddy Duress. What? Why do you, is that the actor's name or the yeah. character's name? No, no, no. Bro. The actor's name. Bro. Yeah, that guy. Bro. That guy drove me fucking crazy. I thought I he was great. I did not like him. He felt very, like, realistic. It, not yeah. to me. I thought it felt kind of forced. Kind of just like a, I don't know, shitty criminal in the city. Like, a, really a young punk kid. Like, I don't know. I thought he, he did a good job. I, w- he, I wasn't a fan. Um, well, we should say, though, that... Pattinson and Softy were those performances were both. They are incredible. really good. Pattinson yeah. and Softy too. He's not in it as much. No, I wish no, he was in it I mean, more. Like, that's that's really that opening scene difficult. is so like jarring. Like oh, I wasn't ex- so good. You yeah. know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that scene from The Master where Walking yes. Phoenix and uh, Phil Seymour Hoffman. I think it's called. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like the, it's like that interview that they do. It reminded me of that. It's like Some really sort of tense. Yeah, yeah, and he starts crying. And oh well, God. their inspiration for that was actually the. It's like the Voight comp test in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part? Yeah, that's how they determine if you're a replicant or not. But yeah, that that was like their inspiration for that opening scene. Uh, yeah, Benny. I didn't realize uh, that Benny Softy was. The brother, I assume that Benny Softy was playing the guy in the second half. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he's very convincing, convincingly, like, because I think he's uh, supposed to be deaf in one ear or something. Uh, and he's supposed to be, I don't know if he's actually, like, he's mentally handicapped. Yeah. He has some sort of dis- mental disability. Um, he, that was super good. Like, yeah. Like, it didn't feel fake or, or uh, manipulative. Like. No. He, that was spot on. I was really impressed by him. Yeah, and this isn't really a spoiler, but um, I guess some people complained saying that they would have rather seen like an actual mentally handicapped actor play that. But their reasoning behind not casting one is they had such a rigorous like shooting schedule and everything was really fast and like you know, so they didn't want to put someone like that through that. So that's why he decided to do the role himself. And he, I guess, that character was based off like another screenplay that him and their buddies wrote from like years ago. So they kind of just pulled that character and put it into this movie. Mm. It was like a very respectfully done uh, yeah. character as well, which I appreciated. But yeah, the performance was incredible, even though he wasn't in it a ton. And then Robert Pattinson was so good. Oh yeah. How did he nail that oh accent God. so well? I, this is one of those performances where he just like completely disappears into the role yeah. within a couple yeah. minutes I didn't even I wasn't even like I was Robert Pattinson it was just like oh yeah. it's that guy Connie yeah he says uh, I think he said that he kind of method acted for this he stayed in character pretty much the entire time that they were shooting yeah I believe it um, yeah I mean he both he and Kristen Stewart post Twilight have taken on some really interesting mm-hmm. roles yeah. but this one this one takes the cake like he I uh, had a hard time not comparing this movie to Victoria yeah yeah I could see saw that so many parallels Victoria. between those two movies uh, Victoria's the one it's it's um, a German film was that yeah. the one take like the two one and a half hour movie, movie? Yeah. oh yeah no. 
Similar. This one's way better, but... No, no Victoria's better. <laughs> no. I love Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I would say Victoria's better. Uh, but I'm also kind of a sucker for this sort of experience. Like, a raw experience with just, like, no break, but also no, like... It's not a circular plot, you know? It's just, you start here and you end up yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, it's just a section of their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Even like the the camera work, how the camera's like right up in the face and backtracking with them. Uh, I don't know it, it, the the color schemes, kind of like the nighttime with neons, the emotional highs and lows. Uh, just it felt very much like Victoria to me. I like the colors a lot. One thing I will say though, and it was probably the biggest detractor in the film for me is uh, we've used the word raw a couple times, but you definitely can tell that these are still young kind of unseasoned filmmakers in the sense that they're trying, the movie is really stylized, but it's, I feel like they need to learn a little bit more restraints. Mm. Like they were the, I don't know if it was the cinematographer or if it was the direction, but it, the movie play would focus a lot, focus pulls. It would be in and out of focus. And I was just distracted by like, all of the, the different camera techniques they were using. It just seemed like someone trying to be a show-off, you know? Like like an art film, or an art student, uh, a film student, you right. know? Like, uh, experiment, like, oh, we just got learned how to do this, so we're going to do focus pulls. And right. It's rough around but, the edges, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Um, but the thing is, like, I think it's impressive for how young they are and how many, like films they've made and this is what they've put out like as their third movie I mean this movie's pretty like, and this is the first time they actually got somewhat of a budget but it's still pretty low budget and I thought they did a really good job considering all that it is impressive but I mean these guys are older than Trey Edward Schultz they're probably what early 30s yeah Paul Thomas Anderson was like 21 when he made Heart 8 like yeah it's impressive given this their third film but like I mean I think it was Intentional. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, maybe it wasn't as tasteful, or it wasn't. It didn't have the effect that you wanted it to. But I think the whole thing was supposed to be disorienting because if you just yeah. look at the soundtrack, which by the way was pretty, uh, it was great. Pretty it was you guys want to talk about? That? I mean, sure. you apparently the score think it's one of the best is amazing. Ever. Yeah, I would say it's maybe not the best use of score in a movie, but it is my favorite score ever. Because when I saw it was by One Out Tricks Point Never. I was like. Boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. I wasn't familiar with him. It was more the the score is more accessible than that artist's music. Like his music uh, is even weirder than this. Yeah. Like, well, and he was he's definitely ripping off or influenced by like Tangerine Dream or even like the, John Carpenter in there too. Yeah, and even like the Drive score by Cliff mm-hmm. Martinez. Mm-hmm. There's certain sounds that sound very similar, um, but. As far as like just like a piece of music to listen to, it's so much fun, and it just has so many highs and lows. And I don't know; it's literally the only thing I've been listening to for like the past two weeks Jeez. is this score, and I have to listen to it from start to finish. I can't just listen to my favorite track. Like it's, I don't know, I don't know if you guys haven't listened to it yet, have you? On no, its own, only in the movie. I listened no. to some more of his other albums. This well, last couple weeks. I saw this twice. I don't. But you should probably I think be devoting I yourself that. a little bit more to the new LCD sound system soundtrack, or music. Okay, yes. I'll put that on next. Uh, new brand uh, new albums type too. I don't know if you guys like brand new. <laughs> uh, I did listen to that because it was getting such good reviews. I 
don't really. I'm not very proud of listening to some of brand new stuff. Their older stuff. I think it's lame. <laughs> well, their early, early stuff is pretty lame, but I've liked their past, like, I st- their past three records I like a lot. But anyway, that's a tangent. Um, you guys want to get into spoilers? Because I have some stuff I want to talk about. Any, any other general stuff before we do that? Oh, well, I was just going to ask you guys if you were able to successfully suspend your disbelief throughout this film. Because. I was for the most part, but also like I was saying earlier, I'm just kind of a sucker for this type of movie, so I can do that a little bit more easily. I'm very forgiving with like the hospital scene and then the way that that plays out, which we can get it. Maybe we should say that's the main thing I want. We uh, yeah, like we've already touched on. There's a few issues with it. It's a little rough around the edges, but I'm forgiving of those things because the stuff it does well, they do it really well, and these are just the types of movies that I gravitate towards. Like. Some of my favorite movies are Drive, Taxi Driver, like, it's, it's within Survive, the, sin- the survivalist. <laughs> no, I wouldn't put that in this group. Um, but yeah, it just feels like those types of movies, and I can watch those movies at any given time, and I can watch them over and over and over, and it's just like comfort food to me. Yeah. Well, let's do spoilers. Okay, if you have not seen Good Time, come back later. Um, let's start... With the the twist, I guess you can call it. Uh, The reveal? The reveal, if you will. I saw that coming from a mile away. As soon as he went in there, I was like... I didn't see it coming. No? Mm -mm. So The payoff was great. (laughs) I didn't, but Sarah did. We watched it together, Uh, and she was like... See, Tom and I are people who don't try and think ahead. Right. It just seemed... Stuff just happens to us. Constantly surprised. It was just... It just... It it was... or it played its hand for me. I saw it a second time, and the second time I was paying closer attention to things, and it was kind of annoying because when he's wheeling him out of the hospital, it's Benny Softy, but then you find out it's the oh, other it, actor. It is and it, you can definitely tell it's like the other actor. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, so that, that was kind of like a, a moment watching it a second time, but... I'm not going to discredit it because the first time around I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. See, because they do the thing where like the door is just barely cracked. You get like a one second flash of inside. You see his face is all bandaged. And then he just assumes because the cop is there that that's his room. So I just like, as soon as he got in there, his face was all bandaged up and he didn't even really look at him to make sure. I was like, oh, that's, that's not going to be his brother. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, well, it was still cool. I don't think cool. the bandages were consistent either on his face. No, like sometimes no. it was more covered up than others. But I mean, these are indie filmmakers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like that uh, Robert Pattinson was like a master manipulator. Like, was just, everything oh my God. he did was to just advance. Dude, he fucked over everyone mm-hmm. he came in contact with. Literally everyone he yeah. came into contact with. Hey, the whole thing that, about this movie that's interesting is that he's trying to do a good thing and he's trying to like save his brother, help his brother out. But along the way, he's just fucking over everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think everybody's probably known like a, a liar in their life, you know, and... Pattinson was so just so spot on. Yeah, the he, way he did everything. Well, and he's he's kind of like a, a sweet talker. He talks everyone up t- to try and get his way. Yeah, he's, and he's very indirect. He doesn't like in like directly fuck somebody. He just yeah. Uh, he just takes advantage of them all for his own purposes. And well, I mean. Talia or Talia, he kind of directly fucked her over because he, he watched her just get put in the cop car. And I mean, I don't really know what he could have done in that situation. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there was almost like a, a code to this movie as well, like on the streets type code, like you don't mm-hmm. tattle on people and, you know, just whoever's the luckiest gets away with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does he end up getting caught again? No, I can't remember. Um, he's running. At the very end? Yeah, so he... They're at that, they're at the uh, security guard's, like, oh, is it apartment. Yeah. Oh, right, that's why the cops go there. Right. Because that guy probably comes out of his trip. Yeah. And tells him. Oh yeah, I think him a shitload of acid. <laughs> like, oh my was, god, <laughs> that was that, you would die. Give him so much. Oh yeah, they were just doing like droplets before. He just poured a ton in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was brutal. Isn't that the guy uh, from Kevin Phillips? Yep, I am the guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was cool. I did not like Jennifer Jason Lee very much in this movie. What? She's a little annoying. Yeah, she's always kind of annoying. Actually, I'm not a huge. She fan, does have she's a, an so annoying. Good voice <laughs> um i thought i thought she was good though because she's like another victim of robert pence yeah and life. you can definitely tell what type of person she is and that she's dating a guy who's a lot younger than her mm-hmm. and she like wants that comfort of having someone but he's just taking advantage of and her he's, she's fucking crazy and too like the stuff with her mom she's yeah. just screaming in the the bail bond speaking place. of that scene that scene was awesome i do like that scene mm-hmm. a lot. it was yeah. so like Intense and just I don't like people yelling in my in my yeah. In my and there's like four or five people on the phone at the same time, all so freaking out and stuff. Like, I feel like that was probably <laughs> oh like gosh. technically difficult to shoot mm-hmm. just we got with about everything going on. Three minutes into this movie, and I look over at Sarah, and she's just like half turned away from the screen <laughs> and just so overwhelmed. Like I didn't know if we were gonna get through this movie. Yeah, she said she liked it. We didn't really talk to her much yeah. about it, but she said she enjoyed it. Man, well, they're. They're really great things in that movie, you know? But Yeah. Oh, I did want to... We, we, we were talking about Robert Pattinson. Not like, he's just, like, the perfect thief slash criminal. Because mm-hmm. it's very believable. Because that's, like, what good thieves or criminals do. Like, they are always one step ahead of someone else. Like, they're always, like, manipulating people to get their way. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. He, I mean, he's kind of a scumbag, but he does a good kind job of it. <laughs> hey, it's in good taste. And I, I did like that they, they bookended uh, the film with with Nick, Benny Safi's character, yeah. as far as the really intense scene at the beginning, and then the intense, like, him in the, the classroom, and he's really uncomfortable, and then uh, that scene plays out through the credits, and he, you know, starts to interact, and he's going back and forth in the game. I was so. very touched by that scene. Yeah, that it kind of gives you, really like, a moment. sense of comfort at the end, because you've just been through so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but shit gets real for Robert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that, that was... That scene with the other guy, the bro guy. Mm-hmm. What's that character's name? I can't remember any of these people's names. Uh, anyway, Connie's in the cop car, and then the other guy falls to his death. That was rough. Yeah, and yeah, that's in the trailer, which like, bugged me. You was that can, in the trailer? Yeah, you can see a guy falling from a building. So when I saw him like get out of the window, I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. So that kind of bugged me. But um, It just has this kind of stark brutality, this realism to it that is so upsetting you know yeah he he kind of lives in this fantasy land where he can tell lies and where he can you know dress up in a security guards outfit and luck through everything and it's all going to work out and he's able to pull off almost everything he tries to do just by the skin of his teeth and then he uh yeah it's he's confronted with when it doesn't it's yeah it's like his luck runs out basically at the end yeah because he's just barely getting by each time yeah but I would say, uh, back to your one of your first points, Matt, 
that 30 minutes there before he gets put in the cop car and then we see Nick's final scene, I was a little taken out of it. It was kind of boring. And I feel like the movie came to a, like a, as far as the pacing, like when he got to the house where Talia lives and the older mm-hmm. woman, like it just came to a screeching halt there for me. Like what? it That's just got for so like the slow. amusement park and everything like that whole sequence was awesome. Well, yeah, I know. I'm talking about when he's actually at the house. Oh, I see. That scene took way too long. I wasn't interested. Even in the amusement park stuff. I was just like, where are we? What is going on? I didn't mind the... I, I like the amusement park stuff, but everything, like the whole hospital escape, like the robbery sequence, everything leading up mm-hmm. to basically them escaping the hospital. Like everything, mm-hmm. once they're safely gone and they get dropped off, from there I didn't like the movie as much. But that I was like loving the movie up to that point, and yeah. then after that, I didn't like it as much. Yeah, I could see that to an extent, but... I still, I loved pretty much every minute of this movie. <laughs> Can we talk about the robbery a bit? Because I thought it was awesome. The way it was done, and especially like considering how low budget the movie was, mm-hmm. like they pulled off like a very intense heist, even though there wasn't like a lot of gun or action in it. Like it was very intense and like them running away and the, robbery, the, robbery the fucking right. die bomb in the car oh yeah. my god because <laughs> you're just like oh shit my face is burning no it's not yeah <laughs> yeah that was good All, like like I said the first like 35-40 minutes I was 100% on board yeah them like running down the street with the paint on them and changing and then them ducking into the dominoes yeah and hiding the money Nick's and... washing his face in the toilet like all that. <laughs> like, like, he's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah that stuff was so good um, really enjoyed the movie um, just, I wish I liked it a little bit more it's a couple and small things there was a good amount of driving around at night which is oh, yeah, our favorite <laughs> I did think you talked about a couple of the <laughs> like um, filmmaking aspects but in a more of a negative way did you like the, like aerial shots of the cars I thought those no, were done no I thought really that well. was bad well, it was so like yeah. steady though like I thought it was I thought it was like they wanted to do a helicopter shot and didn't really know what to do I thought it was lame like the part where yeah the aerial shot where they takes the corner no I thought that was, it was like amateurish uh, I thought it looked really good but I, I don't know <laughs> the, the, I, don't, I feel like the score just like plays so much into this movie like this, yeah. the score brings energy and life to so many scenes that without it may not be as exciting. Yeah, that, that's fair. I just, um, it got kind of repetitive for me. It does, like It's not even close to the drive score for me because as soon as I got out of drive, I immediately, and it sounds like Dude, this is you how gotta, it was for you. You listen to it on its own. I, I, like, I could pick out songs after I saw Drive, after I saw Only God Forgives, like Cliff Martinez scores are really good. After this, it was just like, I couldn't recall any of the tracks. It was just like, it all kind of bled together. None of it was super memorable for me. You gotta listen to it on its own. Okay, um, I do Because in the movie, it's not, I mean, there's obviously more score in the actual score than in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. And the score in the movie is like a remix of the like score version on album or vinyl yeah. or disc or whatever you want to call it. Um, CD. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just this, the score on its own, it was probably my favorite part of the movie. Because, like, 
I can listen to the score and just think about the movie, and you can almost like, I don't know, create a movie in your mind listening to the score. I'll check it out soon. Maybe I'll do that tonight. Um, I did. I did. It's more varied okay. than you think, or at least listening to it on its own. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, okay. Anything else on Good Time? Oh, I did also. Um, well. Mm. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. Uh, star ratings. Uh, uh, four stars. Four. Four stars. I saw you had a four and a half on Letterboxd, Tom. What are you doing? Look <laughs> it down. Uh, <laughs> God damn you. I did because I was... I don't know. I, I just have to temper my reactions for a little while afterward. The performances and... I, I like the score too. Um, that's what did it for me. But there were some serious, like, pacing issues that bothered me. That's why it's not a four and a half. Cross the room if you give this film five stars. Well, have fun doing that. You guys get the joke, right? Yeah, we get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we saw oh, yeah. Too. I do want to. I, I did want to make a comment that I liked how this this movie. Well, you guys think it, well, there's a little bit of a lull, but um. It wasted zero time. Like, even the credits are intersected with the movie. Like, mm-hmm. they don't waste a second of, you know, with, like, a black screen or anything. Mm-hmm. It's all within the runtime. It felt... I mentioned this during It. It felt longer to me than it was, and I think that had to do with the pacing of the movie. Because it's not that long of a movie. I think we're looking yeah, it's, it's like, like an hour and, hour and 40 minutes. It felt longer felt than long. that to me. I didn't feel that way. Even the second time. No. Yeah. Five stars all the way. Best movie of the year. Let's move on. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, between this and Dunkirk, I'll have to wrestle with it the rest of the year. You're but... so resilient to things that bother me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dude, it's all going to change next weekend when Mother comes out. No. Man, you could watch like just people at a dinner table for like 45 minutes and be like, this is really <laughs> Hey, if the highs are high enough, uh-huh. well, the I rest doesn't matter. I was, I don't know, I was waffling between four and four and a half. I just don't really find myself thinking about it as much as I did it. say Victoria. <laughs> or it. Which I was thinking about for like two weeks straight after I saw it. See, I didn't feel that way watching Victoria. Like, I, I wonder I, what it is about that movie that doesn't get you the way. I briefly remember that movie. I mean, I, I remember like the basic plot of it, but mm-hmm. certain things that stood out, they don't really resonate. Mm-hmm. But Good Time, I could like... I can play it out in my head from start to finish right now. I've seen it twice. Well, and I've listened to the score like 20 times. <laughs> I can't wait to see what Pattinson does next. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Well, actually, I know what these guys are going to do next. They're doing some sort of, I think it's like a gambling movie with Jonah Hill. It's called Uncut Gems. And Ooh, they've been wanting to awesome. do it for years, but they had to get a couple other movies under they their belt. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson is going to be in a romantic drama called The Souvenir. Fuck, uh, why? Uh, he has a movie that's in post-production right Souvenir? now. Souvenir? That's the lamest movie. And I, I do also want to say that I think it's cool that this movie just kind of came out of nothing. Like, Robert Pattinson contacted these guys and said, hey, I want to make something with you. And they didn't really have anything in mind for him. And the Uncut Gems movie, they're like, you know, he wouldn't be right for this. So they basically came up with this movie oh, yeah. for they a vehicle for, for Pattinson. Yeah. yeah. So weird. And they want to make something very, like, pulpy and entertaining. And I think they did a great job. It's great, Matt. All right. 
Cool. Well, let's uh, move on to what else we've been watching. Um, I only have two things to talk about. Tom, it sounds like you also have two things. Two things. Okay, I'm trying to have like five. Um, yeah, give or take. I was going to make more Rick and Morty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they would go over my head. I've seen like one episode, so I'd be no help. <laughs> Um, well, do you want to do one or two, Travis? And then we'll just go around the table for the rest since we don't have too much this week. Sure. Um, so I watched The Lovers, that A24 movie with Tracy Letts oh, is in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. movie is garbage. Yeah, it came out a couple, Really? Yeah. I, I didn't think the trailer looked great. That's I didn't, the, I didn't like the, see the trailer. The older couples, right? Yeah, the basic premise oh. of it is they're both kind of miserable in their relationship and they have an affair, you know, separately. But then... They kind of like fall back in love with each other. Yeah, I remember seeing that preview with probably with Sarah and being like, "Oh no, she's gonna want to watch this." this <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was actually really bad. Like, okay. and A twenty four was the distributor, so I figured good things out of it, and it's got decent reviews. But I don't know, like, I was struggling to even finish it. Like, I was yeah. <laughs> just. What's A twenty four's deal? Aren't all their movies just awesome? Yeah, pretty much for the most part. This is a rare miss. But yeah, it doesn't really do anything special. It's like all over the place. Um, most of what happens doesn't really feel earned in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just never cared about anyone. And I don't know, like even the acting wasn't that great. It was just like one of those very indie movies that doesn't really do anything special. Uh, speaking of very indie movies, we tried to watch Band-Aid. Um, have you guys seen and? the trailers for Band-Aid? Mm-mm. I've heard of it, but yeah, I don't know much it. about it. It feels very indie, very quirky. Um, let's see. The I didn't know the actress or the actor, but Sarah knew the, ac- the actress. And then um, Fred Armisen's in it, like, probably for no reason. We got through about 15 minutes and I just totally lost interest. There's, there are the whole premise is that they form a band together to... And then they all their songs are about fights they've had, and it's like their therapy. And it just feels like every indie movie that's come out ever. <laughs> so <laughs> not, not, not great? It just wasn't funny. I was expecting it to be way more funny. Better than Civil War? <laughs> I don't know. I watched the same amount of well, time. Because <laughs> 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 he shut it off prematurely. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so don't see Bandit and don't see The Lovers. Yeah. The, the There's a son character that shows up late in the movie, and it was like one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, <laughs> you have to describe it a little bit more. No, it was awful. <laughs> like, it just, I don't know, you can just, what character when you see a shitty a- actor, like, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, in my notes, I said the song at the end was so bad, but I don't even remember it now <laughs> after... <laughs> I watched it probably like a week and a half ago or so, but so bad. Skip it. Did you red box it or? Were, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was curious, but okay, I'll skip it. Don't. <laughs> Just go. Uh, me again. Mm-hmm. I did watch Thief because I watched Good Time, and so I was wanting more of that. More heists. Yeah. I should try and watch that before we record next. Thief is great, but. And it's definitely influential of a lot of my favorite movies, but it's like my least favorite of all of those movies. Mm. It's the only thing I would say that's bad about it is it is a little slow at times, but like the music's great. A lot of the shots are great. Like there's a lot of driving at night. It's like James Conn is a badass. He's like a perfect thief. He's yeah, he's the total cool guy back in the eighties. <laughs> and, um, 
I also like how it, there's like not a lot of exposition in the movie either. It's just like him going through the motions of being this thief. Yeah. And it, I talked about this on the last episode because it was in my top five heist films. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. I just totally blanked. But anyways. I was pretty bummed that Entrapment didn't make it in anybody's top Entrapment? Five. Entrapment? What, what is that? that? <laughs> Uh, Sean Connery is that and, a jewel uh, movie? Catherine Zeta-Jones. She has to like, uh, you know, gymnastic over some Ooh, lasers. This poster looks real bad. <laughs> yeah, like a diamond. <laughs> an insurance agent is sent by her employer to track down and help capture an art thief. <laughs> <laughs> but he enlists her and he trains her to be an art thief. She's the greatest ever. It sounds pretty bad due to her agility. He's too old. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, anything else on that one? Nah. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I watched Death Note, mm-hmm. uh, which is the new Netflix original movie. Uh, it's directed by Adam Wingard, who did Blair Witch, The Guest, which I really liked. Uh, You're next. So I'm a fan of, of his work and his aesthetic. Uh, Death Note has been very poorly received. Yeah. Uh, fans of the original anime seem to hate it. Mm-hmm. People unfamiliar with the anime seem to hate it. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely has some issues. So, um, have you have you guys seen The Guest? Yes. No. Twice. Pretty similar to The Guest. So, it's very moody. The music is very similar. Lots of, like, uh, kind of slow motion, uh, kind of industrial music, really dark kind of stuff going on. Blue Man Group. Blue Man Group, yeah, playing as a score. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's got uh, Nat Wolf. Uh, he plays uh, Light, who's the main character. Um, I enjoyed him. Uh, the uh, daughter from The Leftovers plays like the, the love interest, and she was okay in the movie. I wasn't a huge fan. Um, but there's this like uh, kind of evil entity who kind of manages the Death Note, uh, his name is Ryu, and he's this kind of like prickly, scary-looking like monster guy. Uh, Willem Dafoe does his voice, and I thought he was pretty awesome. cool. It looked really good. Um, I guess I should say the the story of the movie is that uh, it takes place in high school, and this kid uh, finds this book that says Death Note, and it has a bunch of rules in the first couple pages, and essentially. Uh, any name you write in the book and you can, you basically write a person's name and how they will die and it happens so um, one of the main issues that I did have with the movie is that it goes very quickly from like personal like you know like vengeance like oh my mother was murdered and the uh, killer got off mm-hmm. I'm going to write his name in the book and he's going to get killed. You know, it's like very personal. So it's like a revenge type book. Like you write who you want to get killed and they die. Yes. But he only does that twice. So then uh, it very quickly becomes more like, uh, do you know what we can do with this? We can change the world. We can do good. So they like watch the news and like, we'll write the names of like murderers and uh, like, dictators and shit like that. And it just escalates very quickly. And you, you write the way that they will die. Yeah, so the very first That's thing... optional. How would you kill me, Matt? Uh, I would write... Uh, Travis? 
And uh, I would... Travis, murdered by future Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I would say... While watching Dunkirk uh, for the fourth time. Travis <laughs> gets run over by a reindeer. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, On Christmas. Oh, yeah. But there are some really interesting, like, brutal death sequences, like, really interesting kills. Um the writing isn't great. Uh, it, I should say it takes place in Seattle. So, like, the climax of the movie mm. is actually at the Great Wheel on the water. Was it actually shot in Seattle? Mm-hmm. I don't know if all of it was, but there's... A, I mean, the, the last sequence takes place at the wheel Damn. on the waterfront. If I was going to make a movie, I'd have to get the Great Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking stole it. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. It was moody. I like Adam Wingard's aesthetic. Uh, I like the, the soundtrack. Um, I enjoyed it. It's not an amazing. How many movie. stars? Four stars. Four stars. Wow. On par with Good Time. Good Time is, is better for sure, but there, I enjoyed it. I would recommend checking it out. People are shitting on it, but yeah, that's kind of why I lost interest, just because the buzz around it was all negative. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a few like positive reviews. Like a couple of people I follow on Letterbox that have similar tastes gave it like four stars, and you gave it four stars, so. I'd be willing to check it it's out. It's not a perfect movie, but it's it's enjoyable, especially if you like Adam Wingard's other stuff, like your next and the guest. Yeah, I like both those quite a bit. Lots of similarities to the guests. So if you like the guests, yeah. I think you'd like this. Is there any like big action sequences? Is there a big budget feeling at all or not really? Uh the climax of the movie, like at the wheel, uh there is, yeah. yeah. And the kills look pretty good too. Like there's some pretty graphic like kill sequences. Step up from uh Blair Witch. Oh Blair Witch was <laughs> fucked. That movie was terrible. <laughs> Is he, like, does he have his other project lined up? Uh, let me check. Um, I'm sure he's doing something. I don't know. So Simon Barrett is his, like, writing partner. I don't know if he had anything to do with Death Note. He'll do a Netflix TV show now, watch. <laughs> um, oh, he's doing the fucking, uh, I Saw the Devil remake. What? Yeah. They're making a remake of that? Yeah. Have you guys ever seen that? Uh-uh. It's oh, a man. Korean, like, uh, revenge thriller, right? Yeah. Um, and he's also directing Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh. So I think well, we have one more Godzilla movie, and then this. This says 2020 planned release. So uh, that's it for Death Note. I only have one more after this. So You want to talk about Ingrid Goes West? Sure. Kick us off. Okay. Ingrid Goes West. I liked it. I liked it, too. I didn't love it. Me neither. I don't really have any particular <laughs> complaints. It just... Uh, I, I have a couple of complaints. Um, Start us off. So as far as... So I did like it. I lo- thought most of the performances were pretty good. It mm-hmm. touches on like some you know important issues as far as people being obsessed with social media. Yeah. That kind of bothered me, though. I just feel like I see a lot of that stuff. Social commentary type things. Yeah. I think it was done better than most of the other attempts at it, though. Yeah. But the thing that didn't work for me in the movie is the tone was like... Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately about movies, but the tone was all over the place. Like, it wanted to be a satire and wanted to be yeah. funny, but the situation was so fucked up that I wanted to, like, sympathize with her. And you you get chances to do that, but I don't know, just the the mix between, like, satire and, like, trying to feel for the main character, I just was kind oh, of jarring. I totally agree. When we left, I was, I was saying it's all good when it's fun and games and she's just being a creepy stalker and things are working out. And yeah. then when the movie has to really confront 
like serious issues or has to address the fact that Aubrey Plaza is a really fucking creepy stalker. Yeah, which when shit gets real. When shit gets real, <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't it's not as good. Yeah. You know? And so it it almost would have been better if they had just sort of glazed over all of that and gave it a stupid, weird, happy ending or something. Well, and it tried... It was a weird ending. I it don't want to spoil it. Ending. It was like a happy... Kind of like... It reminds me of the ending of Colossal. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's, that's a good yeah. comparison. The very, ending of, the very end of Colossal, like, you have one choice you have to make. You know, it's like, which way are you going to go? Hmm. Is, the t- is the top going to fall over or not? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't want to spoil it, but um, the whole relationship that forms uh-huh. between her and another uh, character in the movie... It didn't feel earned at all, and the boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, he was—he's hilarious. Though. He's good I in it, him. but it their relationship escalates so quickly to mm-hmm. where like he's all already like calling her pet names and like yeah, he has this like deep connection with her, and they they give a reason why, but it within the movie there wasn't enough time spent with those two as a like couple where it felt earned. Yeah. So, um, the to give you some context, the boyfriend character is also her landlord, and he doesn't become her boyfriend until, like, halfway through the movie. Okay. Um, but he's obsessed with Batman, and he wants to be a... Sc- oh, does he want to be a, a screenwriter or yeah. something? And he's got all these uh, things in the works, but <laughs> his he's, whole backstory is just how he pretended to be... The best Batman. part of the movie was Aubrey Plaza attempting to be Catwoman and seducing him. That was... <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, I know the lighting in that, I mean, she looks, like, sexy as can be in that and uh-huh. just the whole joke of it was awesome yeah how is Ari Plaza in it? she's good she's good no? yeah so is Elizabeth Olsen she plays like uh-huh. the perfect Instagram star right <laughs> right and the boyfriend her or her husband rather is the guy from dude um, I Everybody had no idea but the, I'm pretty sure he's Kurt Russell's son is he really? Yeah. Who? Wyatt Russell. The dude with the long hair who in um Oh the the old guy not the well, old he's guy older. Yeah. Yes. He gets kicked off the team. Kurt the Russell's pit. son. His name's Wyatt Russell and I heard <laughs> He does look like yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, parents, Kurt Shit. Russell and Goldie Hawn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Goldie he's Hawn? like Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Uh he's also in an episode of Black Mirror, which is really good. I did like his character. Yeah. It, it, at one point, you really feel for him, like in the middle uh-huh. of the movie, but then he kind of rever- reverts back to. But he's told, he's justified too. I think that's yeah. one of the strengths of this movie is that there, you know, you you kind of feel for both sides. It's just not as fun, or it, it has to change tones. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I feel like it's also it's like a very LA type movie, and it's like playing on the whole like mm-hmm. people who live in LA who are you know twenty somethings trying to make yeah. something of themselves, like they're. Like, they're hipsters. I mean, they, yeah. Yeah, but that guy plays a great hipster, and I, I love yeah. him. Yeah, his art was so retarded. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> For his artwork, uh, he's, like, really ashamed to show this art, but uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character is encouraging, encouraging him to pursue it and told him to, like, quit his job and stuff, and he just takes found found objects, basically other people's paintings. Other, like, classic art pieces. <laughs> There's one of these Mustangs galloping across the desert, just and he, like... just in big, bold, bold white letters, he just puts squad gold. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <That's awesome. laughs> um, is Wyatt Russell the boyfriend, or is O'Shea Jackson Jr. the boyfriend? So, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Aubrey Plaza's boyfriend. Yeah. 
Wyatt Russell is Elizabeth Olsen's boyfriend. Okay. Or her fiance. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What did you think of Elizabeth Olsen's brother, the fucking douchebag? He, really he was a perfect douchebag. Perfect douchebag, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a ton to say about this movie. I thought it was fun to watch, but like, I would wait for it. Check them out. Okay, so you wouldn't recommend like rushing out to see it in the theater, but uh, catch I up it a, with it later? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'll give it three and a half. Yeah, I think I was at th- four, but now that I'm thinking about it, like I would probably go three and a half as well. Yeah, it's it's a good like weeknight movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth watching, but... The highs aren't that high. Yeah. <laughs> Not high enough for me. No. That's for sure. Wait. Uh, what do we got left? I have one thing left, Tom. Do you have one and thing Killer left? Joe. Killer Joe. Nice. What I have a Jones? couple rewatches so I can be quick on them. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So I rewatched the other guys. Mm-hmm. Movie is fucking garbage. <laughs> is it really? Yes. That's like a cult classic now. It's You're talking about Will Ferrell and Mark yeah. Wahlberg, right? Okay. It's so bad. But like, I remember thinking I it was like okay it. when I saw yeah, it in the theater. I yeah, I am. I'm the same boat. And then I remember like me not being on the same level as everyone else. Everyone else thought it was really funny and you know, but I, I don't know, I feel like just with uh, Will Ferrell's movies in general, people just love yeah. his sense of humor and will just eat everything up. But this movie, it's way too long. It's like two hours long. It should be an hour and a half, if that. And the thing that bugged me the most was all the humor tries way too hard and goes on for way too long. It's like, like they didn't want to cut it or they used a lot of like, you know, blooper type scenes in the movie. They just let the camera roll and let Will Ferrell do his so thing. a lot of improv. Yeah, but like for one, one example of shitty humor in the movie is the whole like, there's a part where they're walking towards a building and it explodes and then he's talking about the whole thing like, well, how, how do people walk away from this crap in action movies? And then it keeps going and keeps going. And Will Ferrell's like flailing around on the ground. And he says something along the lines of like, I'd rather be somewhere else breastfeeding. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like the most random, like, it's, yeah, it's it's not funny though. Like, it's so random and just, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Maybe out of context, but in context, it was annoying as fuck. <laughs> I gotta watch the other guy. <laughs> yeah. um, no. The desk, desk pop? Come on. That was good. The desk pop? Yeah, you never done a desk pop? What are you talking about? That's another guy's, right? The desk desk pop? What is it? Remind me. I've only seen the movie once. It's where they convince him to shoot his gun in the office. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of the stuff between Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell was funny, but they were playing, like, opposites. Like, Will Ferrell was the straight-laced, boring desk job detective, but then he has, like, a smoking hot wife, and... So, right, that he ignores. He's done... (laughs) Daddy's home, basically. Yeah, and he's done all this crazy shit in his past life, but now he just wants to have, like, a safe desk job, and then Mark Wahlberg's, like, the guy who wants to be Samuel Jackson in um, The Rock, and, yeah, I don't... Don't they die? Don't they get killed? Yeah. How how do they die again? They jump off a building. Yeah, they're... Like, they... Like, they... No, they just, I don't know what they were playing on, but it's like, it's in the city and they just jump off a tall building and fall to their death on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's like they think they're like Superman or something and they they're just like jump and die. It's, it's fucking retarded. That's sounds great. <laughs> no. I need to watch this again. It's so bad. Okay, cool. What else you got? Um, I rewatched Close Encounters. I don't really want to talk about it too much because there's not much to say that hasn't been said. 
You've seen it. It's great from what I've never I seen remember, it. But I was of I was young. Yeah, you have seen it. You never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? You I have never seen it. That's all right. It just kind of blows my mind, but. <laughs> Well, it's like a it's like a classic Steven Spielberg sci-fi movie. I feel like most people have seen it. Yeah, they have. That might be accurate. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think it's that weird to most people have seen. True. Yeah, I mean, over fifty percent of the population has seen. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. Accurate accurate statement. (laughs) Over the age of probably thirty (laughs) percent. Anyways, it's okay, Tom. Um, I like it a lot. The only thing I really don't like about it is it's a little too long like the the last like half hour it's a really cool scene and i don't want to spoil it because tom hasn't seen it but it's just so drawn out like did you see it in the theater because it just mm, re-released i watched it at home oh okay but did you watch it because of the 40th or anniversary kind of yeah um you had it on the brain yeah yeah i don't really care to say too much about it it feels like a mix between like E.T. and uh, other Spielberg movies. Eighty Earth Stood Still or something. Yeah, definitely not gonna see it now. <laughs> no, you, you should watch it. Yeah, for sure. From what I remember, I've seen it like multiple times. So, okay. Well, what I did watch was Killer Joe mm-hmm. uh, on y'all's recommendation. Freaking joints. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Great movie. Um, <laughs> man, that movie is fucked up. Mm-hmm. I was. Very, um, I was in a weird space at the beginning of this movie because it feels low budget. It has that whole HD thing, like before people knew how to do HD well or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Where it's it like looks reality like a, television. It looks like a soap almost. opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was really not digging that. <laughs> it took me out of it for a while. Um, and then the movie is weird because you don't know if it's trying to be funny uh, and I couldn't tell if the writing was shit or if it was genius because of the dialogue. It's another Tracy Letts uh, uh, yeah. adaptation, right? Okay. It was, I mean, everything they say is really stupid, but also it feels just so, like, predictable and and mechanical almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then by the end of the movie, I was, like, praising uh, Thomas Hayden Church's performance and Emil Hirsch kind of bothered me through the whole movie. Yeah, but he's okay. McConaughey is great. McConaughey is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey was so good in this movie. He is twisted. Yeah. Um, I instantly was like reading reviews about this afterward just to see what people said. And of course, everyone was praising him, but I love the idea of him as like the devil that holds this family accountable for their choices. Because mm-hmm. that's really the role he plays when you, fig- if, when you factor everything in, but... Um, I thought Juno Temple was pretty good too. Yeah, she is pretty good. She's I also weird. definitely had a boner for her because mm-hmm. uh, she's naked mm-hmm. lots. How about Gina Gershon's bush? bush. I forgot. It's like that. the first five yeah. minutes of the movie. Yeah. We were uh, so I watched it with a couple friends, and we were just like, "What the fuck is this movie? Like, she's naked." And <laughs> I love, I love it. She's like. You know, don't answer the door naked. And she's like, well, I didn't know who it was. And then, <laughs> and then later he's complaining about it to Thomas Hayden Church's character. And he's like, she didn't know who was at the door. They totally nailed the, like, trailer park setting yeah, and yeah, the yeah. characters that uh-huh. live within that. Uh-huh. Uh, so some of the stuff toward the end is, like, some of the hardest things it's pretty tough ever oh, seen my God. in the movie. I was, There's an elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, should we say it? I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it, because it's not that old, but... No. 
2011, I think. Mm-hmm. You're probably fine. We'll I mean, just say, fast small. forward 60 seconds or so if you don't want to spoil Killer Joe. Yeah, so when Matthew McConaughey realizes he's not going to get his money because he's a hitman, and he realizes that Gina's character was part of the reason why, or at least that she knew ahead of time, he pretends that a piece of Kentucky Fried Sea, or K-Fried Sea, as they call it, <laughs> uh, a fried chicken drum- drumstick is his dip, and he makes her blow him, blow yeah. his chicken drumstick dick, and then he, like, actually comes in his pants, <laughs> or at least he fakes so it. So fucking weird. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, her husband is just in the kitchen watching, not knowing what to do, and also pissed at her. Wow. That scene goes on for a long time. And she's like choking. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's a you weren't, you weren't predicting that, Tom, were you? You no. said it was a little predictable, but... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I just, dialogue. The dialogue. Oh, okay. But it, it isn't. Toward the end of the movie, it's not predictable. Yeah. It's when they're like saying, well, I'm going to do this. Well, how are you going to do that? And then, oh, you're an idiot. You know, it's just like so... Even the timing between when one person says something and the next person says their line, it's yeah. like every time it was like three quarters of a second, three quarters of a second, three quarters of a second. You know, it didn't feel like natural conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But by the end, I was I was praising the whole thing. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's like just the way the story unfolds is great. And like it just reminds me of just like those shitty people who have a chance to get some money and mm-hmm. like they just do like the most like... Mm-hmm degrading things just to try and get some money yeah. I don't know it's just there are a lot of unexplained things <clears throat> the movie does not hold your hand I was confused on the relationships between the characters for a long time uh, and like Juno Temple's character is very bizarre and mm-hmm. says random things and you're not really sure how that's supposed to play into the story um, isn't she like the retainer or whatever she's the retainer because <laughs> they can't pay him up front. <laughs> But these people are just, you know, they're all shitty. I don't know. I think there are unexplored things in that movie that could have made it even better. But uh, it's definitely worth watching just for McConaughey's performance. But not if you can't handle really graphic, miserable It's tough stuff. to watch, definitely. Yeah. If you're sensitive to anything like that, yeah. it's a tough watch for sure. Um, where did you watch it? It's on Amazon, isn't it? Is that where you watched it? I bought it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was like four bucks. I own it. You should have just borrowed it. Should have. Yeah. I don't know. We wanted to watch a movie. It's on my list. So. Did you watch it with Sarah? No. Okay. <laughs> she was going to watch it, but she was too tired. And we got through like half this movie. And I, was like, hey, I don't think that's not. God. The Raid 2. Will you watch it before 2017 is over? Dude, we should just watch it together. I want to watch it. I know, movie. right? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. That's okay, the, that deal. Be the plan. We'll watch I'll time. probably watch Raid One by myself because I haven't seen it since I don't the need theater. To see the first one. I mean, the second one rehashes a lot of the same stuff anyway. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, I only have one other thing to talk about. Um, <coughs> have you guys heard of the murder case from about two years ago with uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard murdered her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard? Sounds no. familiar. So this. Oh. Sarah watched this thing on the plane. HBO documentary? Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, an HBO documentary about a murder that occurred two years ago where um, 
a there was a Facebook post on uh, a, so Dee Dee and Gypsy. It's a mother daughter. They had a joint Facebook account, and someone posted on Facebook. Uh, like the bitch is dead or something, and then people were like, "What? What's going on?" And then someone posted again in all caps, like, "I slit that bitch's throat and raped her daughter or something." So then they knew something was wrong. So it turns <laughs> out that Gypsy, who she basically uh, collaborated with her boyfriend to murder her mother. But then the stories get so fucking crazy from there because the mother had like Munchausen by proxy disorder, which is basically like uh, child abuse. So you basically, uh, uh, it's like an overprotective uh, kind of syndrome where you uh, basically create uh, illnesses or for or make your child sick so that you can feel like you're protective and you're saving them basically yeah like it's a fucked up leave the nest fucked up. yeah it's it's fucked up but like they they faked a disease like they the uh, they said the gypsy had was in a wheelchair and couldn't walk they said she had leukemia as in, like, a t- laundry list of disorders. But she was also convinced that she had these things as well. Right? Yes, For a yes, because of her mother. But she was perfectly fine. She could walk. She was healthy. So it's this really fucked up, crazy story. Her um, mother, like, convinces her that she's, like, five years younger than she is. Mm-hmm. So she, and she also says, she constantly tells doctors and family members that she's, like, slow. Uh, that she's, like, five years behind everybody else. But she's actually pretty intelligent. One of the best things about this documentary is that there are a lot of interviews with Gypsy, like, in prison. So they get her perspective on the whole thing. And I was a little worried at first because it, it, it makes Gypsy out to be this, this tragic figure who was abused. And she was abused, and it was a very fucked-up situation. But I got a little uncomfortable because it was a premeditated murder. Mm-hmm. She was very responsible. It comes back around at the end, and then they, they're basically like, well, don't forget, like, she seems very nice, but this was premeditated murder. She orchestrated this. She got, you know, so... It kind of redeemed itself by the end because I was worried it was trying to like sympathize her too much. But um, if you're not familiar with the case, which it sounds like you're not, like it's not it's a all. must watch. Like I was yeah. familiar She's with in prison. Yeah, I was familiar with the details because uh, <laughs> I had followed the case like when it was happening. But it's real fucking good. It's only like ninety minutes. It's on HBO, so <clears throat> definitely check it out. Really good murder documentary. Um, and the only other thing I'll mention is that I finished the 60s, that CNN documentary series. It's really fucking good. Started in the 70s. Not as good. In the 70s were a more boring decade than the 60s. As but far as movie making goes, though, 70s was where it's at. That's true. The golden age of filmmaking. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have. What do you have left? Speaking of TV, I did start True Detective Season 2. Oh, boo, why? Well, I got excited about... The news of season three. Jeremy Solomon. So I was like, well, I haven't watched it yet, so I might as well. You'll just it's, stop. You'll just stop. Trust me. You'll just stop. I've watched about three episodes so far. Yeah, I, I watched like I watched like three or four. And then I'm going to finish it. I'll finish it. I thought I would, too. Once again, completely lost the tolerance interest. levels. I, I, will, com- I will finish it. I completely <laughs> lost interest in it. It's right around that point, too. It was like episode three or four. I, I like it so far. It's not like 
bad, but it's definitely a step down from it's season so one. It's so sloppy. It's so hard to... F- it's overly complicated. The characters are not likable. Yeah, it does feel like a... Um, just like a rated R version of like CSI or something. <laughs> Even though I don't watch CSI. Like <laughs> CSI made way more sense. Well... Yeah, I was more interested in... Because this is more of like a traditional detective type story. I was more interested in the season one where it was like out in the fucking boonies and... Oh, it was way more like, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fine yeah, so far. Watch season one. There's a lot... so good. There's a lot of like overhead shots of highways I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And then there's also... It's very in right now. Well, and some of the... Yeah, but... <laughs> Man, drive like the ripple effect from that movie just keeps expanding. <laughs> yeah, we take it for granted, but that's a pretty influential film. Like, well, but that was also like oh, it was influenced by a lot of other yeah. movies too. But Drive, yeah, but nobody of, gave a shit about those movies. They gave a shit about Drive. They yeah. they, they caught lightning in a bottle with Drive, right? For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I have noticed that. I mean, this is totally like a minor thing, but already they've made two references about e-cigs and how stupid they are. In True Detective? Yeah. In two different episodes, like, is that a fucking e-cig? And it, it's, I think Colin Farrell says something like, yeah, I thought about trying that, but then the thought of, like, sucking a robot's dick, like, turned me off or something like that. It's just, like, some of the dialogue so, so stupid, stupid and yeah. just weird. Yeah. Not clever, but it, like, it's maybe thinks poor, it is. A lot is, of it is poorly but, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, I don't know, yeah, I just feel like the talent involved isn't as high as the first one either. But I am excited for season three, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially because Jeremy Solnier is going to be writing it with Nick. Pizzolatti. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he's going to be like the main director, but maybe not direct all of it? No, I think that's always the same. Or the first season no, they... was all Carrie Fubunaga. The second one, does it change directors? I know the first, or the second season changed. I thought the first one did too. I don't... No, it was all Carrie Fubunaga. Oh, really? Fubunaga, yeah, I yeah Justin Carrie Lin directed the first episode of season two. And then some. Ra- oh, really? I didn't catch the second director the third one was some random guy I've never heard of mm. but maybe that's part of why so neither sucks. of you have finished it though no I gave up on it I oh. lost interest completely well we'll see how it goes I'll yeah. report back cool. <laughs> uh, and then I did rewatch we already talked about him a little bit but Misery and Stand By Me oh yeah Stand By Me is like the quintessential uh, coming of age movie it's so good it that is movie really good. is amazing like just the way the kids play off of each other and just hanging out with them the entire movie and the adventures they go on and the moment it's where great. they discover his body is so tense and it's like fucked up and yeah they oh, it, the like, movie does a good job of like touching on these like big moments as like a child like if you were you know in that situation and then the ending. You ever seen Stand by Me? Oh, oh man. dude, I only saw it a couple of years ago. Actually, the ending of the movie is perfect. Yeah, totally. like the last line of the movie or two. Like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's so good. It just ties everything up. Did you watch it somewhere? I own it. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Blu-ray? Yeah. You should let him borrow it because definitely you got you got to watch it with Sarah too. It. It's you'll love it. It's perfect. Yeah, if she hasn't seen it, she would like it too. Um, yeah. So, and I also watched Misery. So, these are both directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner directed Misery? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. And Kathy Bates. Yeah. But I feel like And James Conn, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think these movies are so good just because Stephen King is such a good writer. Because, mm-hmm. like he I mean, Rob Reiner's probably working with like a perfect script, so it's not <laughs> that difficult for him to make a good movie out of it. Um but Misery is also really good. Um Kathy Bates is incredible in it. She plays such a creepy, like fanatic of this writer you guys know the plot of it at least 
Yeah, he's a he's a writer, and he gets in a car crash. And yeah, she, like, he takes him in. Right, he writes like a boring, I think, like romance novel, but she's obsessed with it, and he's kind of just doing it because it works. But he's ready to move on. And then when he's driving home after he finished a new book that's not related to the series, he gets into an accident because of a storm, and then she finds him and takes him in. And then at first she's like you know, really like comforting to him. And it's like, I'm your number one fan. This is so great. You're in my house. But then she realizes that, um, like he's not writing those books anymore. And then it just like, she flips a switch and then she goes fucking crazy. I know the scene. Yeah. (laughs) And then the whole movie is basically confined to the house and him trying to escape this crazy fucking woman. And it's awesome. It also has a perfect ending. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that, that's it. There for can only two. be one perfect ending. No. <laughs> and it's you guys didn't know that theory? What? No. <laughs> yeah, X Machina. No way. Perfect ending. <laughs> Best ending of all time? Best it ending of all time? It's fucking Saw. <laughs> <laughs> my 13 year old self might have. That was the most mind blowing thing I ever oh, seen. Oh, dude, in my life. I know. <laughs> when the guy s- sits up, you're like, oh my god. So the movie the Saw opens with. Uh, I mean, Carrie. we watched this together like last year, so I should know. Saw? Or no, we watched Texas Chainsaw. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Saw. Also a great ending. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, the whole movie, it's like Harry Ewell's in the room, and there's another dead guy in the room. At the end, you find out that that guy was alive the whole time. Like, he sits up. And then he locks Carrie Oles in the room. He was, like, in on it the whole time. Isn't it, like, the crazy. old guy? Like, No, it wasn't Jake. Or, oh, was it? I think it was is it, him. Uh, Tobin Bell? Right? Yeah. Was it? I'm pretty sure it's it is It's been a him. long time since I've seen Saw, so I'm not sure. Yeah, dude, when I yeah when I was younger and saw that for the first time, and, <laughs> and he sits out, you're just, like, the biggest, like, mind-blowing <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, I'm, we'll go a little further down this. A channel, crazier reveal than Shawshank. <laughs> I would say, like one of the most mind blowing endings for me was the first time I saw Memento. Um, like when yeah. you find out, like the reveal, if you will, at yeah. the end of that movie. Like for me, that the secret blew window. My <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> movie kills. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we play our Rotten Tomatoes game? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll touch on... Well, what are we watching next time? Oh, oh Mother, for next sure. episode? Mother, yeah, for sure. That comes out in the off week, so we're not going to record for, for two weeks, but Mother... Um, here, I'll pull it up, and we can keep... Um, so, uh, I was supposed to watch Charlie Countryman because Jay picked the Rotten Tomatoes movie on the last episode when Tom was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out Charlie Countryman is not streaming anywhere, uh-huh. so I was not able to watch it. Which is fine with me, because I didn't really want to watch it anyway. Ouch. (laughs) Sorry, Jay. Uh, Shia LaBeouf sucks. What? He's great. Uh, Oh, yeah, I was going to look up what's coming out soon. So we got Mother... So we'll be recording the weekend of, like, the 22nd? Yeah, 22nd, 23rd, whatever that weekend is. It's a big weekend. Kingsman, Lego, Lego Ninjago, maybe. I mean, I'll probably see it, but... David Gordon Green movie's coming out? Stronger? Oh, that's that Jake Gyllenhaal, Ooh, like, Boston Bonner yeah, one, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good, isn't it? Wait, wow, Battle of the Sexes, too? That's... Oh, fuck. That's a huge weekend. It's gonna be big. 
But yeah, Stronger has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Gotta double down on some movie tickets. (laughs) Well, okay, so it's gonna be up in the air. To become a premier member. Definitely (laughs) Mother, for sure. Oh, yeah. All gonna see Mother. I'm real stoked on that. Uh, Whether, what, if the other movie is. Darren, Aaron. Bell of the Stars. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. But let's finish things off with uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game. So, uh, since I wasn't able to watch the movie that was selected by Jay, we're just going to skip that. Mm-hmm. And now it's my turn. So, the movie that I selected. Everybody gets a mulligan. <laughs> uh, one of my all time favorite horror movies, and somehow neither of these guys have seen it. Uh, the movie that I picked is Hellraiser. Clive Barker classic, uh, pinhead, iconic horror figure. Uh, this movie is extremely graphic. Uh, if you're watching it with anyone who's squeamish, um, tell them to leave the room, because it is brutal. Uh, one of the most violent movies I've ever seen, for sure. Uh, but it is incredible. Uh, so that was my pick. So I know what the Rotten Tomato score is. Let's see their projections. Predictions. Thomas predicted 80%. Holy shit. Holy shit. Uh I did literally... (laughs) Travis said 40%. Literally half of that. (laughs) I'm going to have to do some math in my head real quick. So it's right in the middle. The winner... It's Tom. Actual tomato score. 65%. Dude, Hellraiser is fucking dope. 40%. Get out of here. It sucks. You're going to like it. (laughs) Travis is about to raise some hell. And it's streaming, right? It is, yeah. And if you like it, I actually haven't seen it, uh, but my friend Hannah really likes it. Hellraiser 2 is also on Netflix. And a lot of people think... The re-raising? The risen again... Uh, a lot of people think it's better than the first one. Mm. So, I will probably check it out before Halloween. So, if if, if Travis, if you like it, you should also watch yeah, it. And then maybe we can all watch Hellraiser 2 together or something. And race hell together. Race some hell, baby. Sweet. Boys are back in town. My, the, the, the top review from one of my friends on Letterboxd is goddamn disgusting. I'm it's excited. It's fucked. It's a fuck movie. But... Uh, listeners, check it out if you haven't seen it. Oh, Clive Barker directed it as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, like you said, we'll be doing Mother next time. We'll, a couple other movies too, probably. Um, we'll see how much I can watch. I'll be in Chicago for like five or six days, so. Uh, I will do my best. Um, but we will be back in two weeks. Uh, if you would like to send us an email... Send that to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook if you don't already, just Cinephiles Digest. <clears throat> Follow us on Twitter, Cine Digest. Nope. At Cine Digest. At Cinephile Digest. Yep. <laughs> Excuse wow. me. Um, yeah. Tell your friends. Um, Send us some Rolling Rock. Hell yeah. yeah. Rolling Rock yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> right. if you want to sponsor us. Keep this train rolling. Keep this uh, rock rolling. We're a huge podcast, so uh, thousands of, uh, of listens per week. Rock uh, hell yeah. If you want to sell some Rolling Rock, get that off the shelves. Hit us up. Hit me up on yeah. Twitter. I look good and green. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to plug you regardless, so hell you might yeah. as well just give us some free beer. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you guys for listening. And-